welcome to the Russian Leadership Podcast. My name is Lily and I will be your host. Today we are talking to Dr. Kate Tabret, a trainee anaesthetist at the Norfolk and Norwich Hospital, about her career and leadership experience. Here's what we have to say. So today we're interviewing Dr. Kate Tabret, um, and I'll let her introduce herself and say a few words. Thanks, Lily. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a doctor at the Norfolk and Norwich University Hospital and my job role is an anaesthetic trainee. So I'm an anaesthetist in training. Um, so I think just to clear up any misconceptions, which always come when I introduce my job role, I always explain that I am a doctor and I've worked for a few years as a house officer and then I'm in training. And after eight years, hopefully I'll be a consultant anaesthetist. That's the aim. So that's my current job role. Perfect, thank you. So do you enjoy the responsibilities of leadership? I'm, I'm not going to lie, I love my clinical role. So leading clinical, clinically, is, is what I enjoy the most. Um, it comes naturally to anaesthetists because they manage the airway. So if you imagine any arrest, um, everyone thinks of ABC, A being airway. So most people at an arrest look to the anaesthetist to lead. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a loud person, I'm not quiet, and I know what I know well, and clinical stuff is the stuff I know well. So um, I usually lead in, in, in cardiac arrests um, or peri-arrests. So that's the one place I can, um, I, that springs to mind that I probably enjoy my leadership role the most. Have you been able to expand your leadership roles into any other aspects of your job as a doctor? Other places where leadership's really important in medicine is leading quality improvement. So basically the common goal of all doctors really, and actually any healthcare professional is kind of improving patients' care. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, um, you, you come across lots of projects in your day-to-day -day job and they're all aimed at improving patients' care. And it's no surprise that most trainee doctors are involved in quite a few projects to, to, to lead on those and, and try and make a difference. So it, it's similar to research, but it's not research, if you see what I mean. Yes. So when you were studying to become a doctor, were you given any um, additional leadership training? So I think the leadership part probably took a little bit, bit of a backseat. And I really was led by kind of gut reaction, things I enjoyed, experiences I'd had based on what specialty I went into. Um, but most anaesthetists are strong leaders um, and actually most most good doctors are so it's it goes hand in hand that if you want to to move up and progress in your career you need to be a good leader um so naturally i wanted to get into a training program i want to progress so i had to develop those skills um and i i i was interested in anesthetics for various reasons and partly my leadership skills probably helped me get the job so there must be a variety of different leadership roles within medicine. I mean, there's so many. It's so varied in medicine. It's just not one. It's quite complex, really, if you think about it. Um, so you've got departmental leads. So people that are trying to um, run a department effectively. So they're a leader, in, for an example. And then you have other people who are just leading on improving patients' care and they inspire you. So those are, those are a type of leader. And then you have, um, you know, just your everyday doctor who's doing the job really well and those moments sort of on the ground and watching people manage really unwell patients very effectively is what inspired me to sort of 
move towards anesthetics. Not, it, it's, it's not, um, you know, written in stone. The anesthetist isn't always leading them, um, those kind of arrests or anything like that, but it's just they, they very often do. Could you give me two key qualities of a successful leader? Two good qualities I think you really need. Um, the first is an ability to communicate a really clear vision to your team so that you're all on the same page. So obviously in order to do that, in order to give a clear vision, you obviously need to have lots of other skills. You know, you need to have good communication skills. You need to be, you need to get on well with people. I mean, that's kind of comes under the umbrella of interpersonal skills. You need to be enthusiastic about what you're leading on. So you, you've got to be genuine and authentic in order to kind of give that clear vision. Um, and get people on board and kind of buy in, you need to have strong skills. So if you've, if you've done that and you've given a clear vision, I think the other thing that a good leader really needs to do is actually just empower other people in the team. So not take on the onus of everything because that's not what being a good leader's about. I think it's about yeah. empowering other people in a team to have a role, to feel involved, to feel excited about the goal. Okay, so how is the leadership role within a group usually decided? So in the morning, before we go, before anyone goes to any arrests, we come and we pick up an arrest bleep. This is just the example I've given before, so I thought I'd just carry on, carry yeah. on with it. So you all introduce yourselves, and you you all know the, what the goal is. But in order to achieve it, you decide how you're going to do it. And at that point, you kind of try and build relationships with those people, and you decide. You naturally, it becomes clear who's going to lead and then you decide on there who's going to do other roles and who feels confident doing roles and you kind of establish rapport with each other and get to know each other a bit and feel comfortable with what you're going to be doing for the day yeah and that's kind of how it goes forward and then anyone at that point has a chance to admit if they if they're not feeling comfortable about something and that gives people that, that makes people feel empowered if they've been given a, a chance to, to sort of say if they're worried about something or you know, there's there's a skill that, that they're really confident with and there's something they want to do, then you give them a chance to do that. So what would you say the qualities of a good leader are? It's personal. I think everyone has to look within themselves and realise um, that there are certain personality traits that they will have that will probably help them be a great leader, but that will also hinder them. So, you know, if, you know, I'm quite an honest person, so I've no qualms just telling you mine, but it's, you know, it's things like I'm probably quite emotional and um, your emotions in any scenario will impact other people and they'll pretty much be reflected. So if you look stressed and you appear stressed, people will be stressed. So you have to really keep all of your emotions under control. So that's just one example. But then other people have different personality traits that I think will challenge them. I think you have to be quite flexible. So if you're quite a stubborn person, if you're not good at compromising, that's something you need to work on. Um, if you're indecisive, so I'm quite decisive. I'm probably a bit impulsive. So I might just go with my gut reaction. So I probably need to go the other way and I need to be a bit maybe slow down and give my chance myself chance to think whereas other people are indecisive so they can't make that decision in a, in a split second so everyone needs to work on different aspects um, some people aren't very good at reading other people's emotion and that's something they need to work on whereas i'm i'm quite sensitive so i'm quite good at reading other people's emotions 
but that, that can be a hindrance in a way because obviously you can't let everything get to you. I mean, some things have to just sort of waft away and you have to keep going kind of thing. You can't let everything, so you can't take on it all yourself. So yeah. what I'm saying is there's different challenges for everyone. But yeah. for me, I kind of know what mine are based on my personality. Do you find that there are challenges within leadership? Definitely. I mean, within clinical ones, it's similar challenges for me. But yeah, with regards to the kind of, you know, I mentioned quality improvement projects. Those are other kind of challenges. So you have to be really, I have to, I have to delegate, which is another challenge for me, because I kind of like to do everything myself. Mm-hmm. so not in a clinical scenario because in that scenario you're very much you're given specific roles but if you had a project say that you needed to get the work done and there were other people on board with you and they wanted to get that project done um you have to be able to let go of it and let other people do bits of the, the work yeah. but that's probably something else that i have to overcome sometimes because I, I i have a habit of trying to do everything myself so how does one progress as a leader so for leadership, really, really, the only way to progress is to get practice. So you have to be able to put yourself forward, which means that you have to be prepared to make mistakes. Yeah. So it's not going to go perfectly all the time. And actually, a lot of what I do um, is look back on, on you know, we, we reflect a lot in medicine on scenarios, how they've gone. Um, I think it's kind of taken from the av- aviation industry. I'd be, I'd be really interesting if you interviewed someone from there, because it's a lot of looking back and analysing how something went and what could have gone better. So basically, put yourself forward and be ready, you know, be ready to make mistakes look back on the things that went well and then look at the things that you could have improved on and then over time you progress and you become the leader you want to be um, but no one is a born you know leader they don't get it right first time and you have to work be ready to work on yourself because you're not you're never going to be perfect whose leadership have you found inspiring most great doctors that i met I would, I actually probably didn't realize at the time, but the reason why I thought they were really great doctors is because they were good leaders. Yeah. So um, I, I went on my elective, I went on the air ambulance and that's run mostly by anesthetists and paramedics, but also some emergency care doctors. Um, and there's obviously pilots and um, all of those people are capable of leading in an emergency um and they run what we call simulations so it's actually it's just a practice practice run and um through running simulations and and seeing how in 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 a scenario you're not prepared for how people react is is the best way to kind of analyze yourself but then also to look at others and actually kind of admire them and, and take away what you want to from their leadership style and how they did things so i think it was the consultants i worked with um through through hems that that probably inspired me the most and that, that led me down this path within life and death scenarios what's the key to good leadership i think anyone can be a great leader in that scenario as long as you talk out loud because if you're telling other people in your team what you're thinking they can often help make a decision with you or for you and also knowing that no decision really um, needs to be made within a split minute um, most decisions you can wait you can give yourself 60 seconds to have a think sometimes not in what i'm doing now because it um for anesthetics sometimes the airway stuff is literally like seconds yes. and the whole reason 
um, you can manage those situations is that you've prepared for them. So you have a, you already have a plan yeah. in place of what you're going to do in those ones. But if something out of the blue comes up and you're not sure what to do, you've normally got some time to think. So I'd say, just give yourself some time, have a think and, and then make a decision. And if you're not sure, just, just say you're not sure. I think it's okay to admit you don't know the answers. Do you think that a lack of knowledge on the subject matter affects people's leadership? I think some people aren't good at stating it out loud. Often it's written all over their face. I mean, you can tell normally if someone's not sure of what to do next. Um, you could probably tell instinctively. It's just something you know. And some people are really good at saying, you know, guys, I don't know what we should do now. We've got two options. We could do this and this could happen or we could do this um, and it could lead to this, you know, and some and, and talking through those decisions takes away all of the onus from yourself. That's quite a healthy way to manage it anyway. Um, yeah. And that, that's what we, we do in arrest, for example, when we decide to stop. I mean, that's a horrible decision to make on your own and you shouldn't do it on your own. You should do it with the team. So that's just one example. Um, yeah, and often when you're, run, when you're running a project and you run into a problem and you don't know how to overcome it, if you talk it out loud with other people, they'll sometimes come up with better solutions than you would have yourself. Yeah. So I think, I think if you're that kind of person, you can overcome those things. Can you give me a good quote for someone aspiring to be a good leader themselves? That if you, you know, fail to prepare, um, then, you're, then you're preparing to fail. And I think that in itself sort of sums up the way that I try and, and kind of try to be, become a better leader. Communication must be a key aspect to leadership. How does it work in your day-to-day -day work life? Often you've laid out what could go wrong and what you're going to do if, the, if that happens. And, you know, that will normally lead to questions. So in my day-to-day, -day, for example, I work in the emergency theatres and um, just a common case this could be someone coming in for an appendix um, that's ruptured and um, we'll get all the team together. So the surgeon, myself, uh, uh, assistants, the nurses who work in the theatres, um, down to just, you know, everything, the people, the porters, so people that are going to go pick up the patient. And you'll all introduce yourself and then you have runners as well who get equipment. And you discuss the case um, and you, you say what you're going to do. So as anaesthetist, I say what I'm going to do, problems that I, that I anticipate um, based on the patient and ways that we could get around it. And then the surgeon would do the same. And then we all, we all you know, go forward and, and hopefully we've covered all bases. With such a variety of roles working on a single patient, how does one ascertain who is going to lead? Yeah, I mean, the NHS runs training called um, interprofessional skills. So understanding what everyone's role is. Um, so through my medical career, I have a really good understanding of people's roles. But if it's not clear, that would be the time to clarify it, you know, when you're preparing. Yeah. So if you're not clear of what someone's skill base is, because sometimes someone says what their role is, but that can encompass an array of skills. And if there's a skill they don't have um, and might need someone else, it, that's the sort of time to highlight it. And finally, what advice would you have for someone aspiring to be a good leader themselves? I think I would say to someone who's aspiring to be a doctor, um, that to go into it with a very positive outlook. Because um, unless you really have a really positive resolve, it can be quite tough. Um, so I really believe that if you want to enjoy something, you will enjoy it.
Um, and I think becoming disillusioned is, is a huge, huge problem facing a lot of young doctors. Um, so I remain very positive and every day think how lucky I am to be doing what I'm doing. And I really hold on to and truly believe that it is a privilege. Yeah. Um, and when I remember that, um, it gets me through some of the bad days and I'm just remembering that the grass isn't greener, you know, no job really is, is absolutely perfect. And, you know, no job, you know, does someone come home from every day raving about, um, but yeah. medicine most days brings me a huge amount of happiness and satisfaction. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm privileged and I'm lucky to be working in it. And that's the advice I'd give to anyone aspiring to do it. Thank you so much for coming in to speak to me today. It's been a pleasure to get to know a bit more about your job role and the role of leadership within it. That's right, Lily. Uh, thanks again, Dr. Kate, for sharing her experiences. I'm now joined by Dr. Richardson for a quick debrief. Perfect. Thank you very much, Lily. That was great. Um, and just, um, she's obviously someone who really enjoys what she does, but I was wondering what your what your main takeaway was from the interview. Yeah, well, I think the thing that really stood out to me was Kate's positive outlook on life and just how focused her work life is. So she said that the grass isn't greener and the fact that she sees her job as such a privilege through the good and the bad is is so inspiring and something that I definitely um, want to take with me in my work life. Yeah, I think it was just really powerful when she was just talking about how, how it can be tough and it can be elements of it that you're maybe not sure about, but if you just keep positive throughout, it was really, um, really strong because she must be doing, you know, she must have years of training as well. But I, she talked about different leadership scenarios and different teams she was involved in, different roles she was involved in. I was wondering if you, I mean, it's just wondering how relatable it is. Like, do you see parallels in your school life? Yeah, well, I think um, I found that actually there is natural leadership in all situations. And after speaking with Dr. Kate and hearing her experiences within a hospital environment, I found that this is really parallel with roles within school so according to the situation the staff and pupils drop into their individual roles in order to create the best outcome for the pupils so just as Dr Kate and her team are working for the patient um, the staff at school are working for the pupils and um, personally for me now being in my exam year leadership and group work has taken a bit of a backseat um, within my academic life and different leadership roles and experiences within school such as within debating or on the sports field um probably i use that more now instead of in my academic work yeah so it's just it's like we're always saying like there's just opportunities everywhere and it's just kind of mm. going out to find yeah. them yeah yeah very good now i mean just on the on the sort of medical career is this something that you'd be thinking of lily yeah well i personally would love to go into a science-based career and i I feel like um, one thing that I took from the interview as well was um, go into it and I'll find out sort of what I want to do as I go along, like um, Dr. Kate did herself. And like, I just think her outlook to her working life um, would be something that I would always keep in mind and aim for uh, myself in whatever I do. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just, you know, we talk about careers and we talk about sort of trying to figure out what we want to do. But I think... Um, as Dr. Kate says there, you know, I think until you get into it, until, until you discover the nuances within a big industry, if you like, then uh, you won't really know for yourself. So you just got to 
go in with the right attitude, like you say, Lily. So, but um, that was great, Lily. Listen, thanks for taking the time to interview Dr. Kate, and uh, thank you for taking the time to answer a couple of questions. Thank you. Uh, this has been the Gresham's Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening.